Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Buddham dhammam sangham namasami. So this is uh, being a Dhamma talk. I thought what to start with. And uh, just the word, the word Dhamma, what Dhamma is. And uh, we we have these words trying to uh, describe something, point at something, point at experience. Word is not an experience; it's just a label, just a sound. And uh, when we talk to each other, we are trying to point at. Uh, some kind of experience. And the, the word Dhamma is being used as a teaching of the, of the Buddha, which kind of uh, makes one thing, it's, uh, we can think that it's a religion. So Dhamma talk, oh yeah, it's a Buddhist religion. Buddhist views, Buddhist philosophy. The Buddha used the word Dhamma to say that it's a, a reality. It's, a, as Ajahn Sumedha would say, it's the way it is. It is truth, you can say. Something that uh, is real as opposed to uh, a concept, an idea. So when we talk about experience, experiencing Dhamma, knowing the Dhamma directly, not as a concept, and uh, philosophy, but uh, as an experience. Seeing the Dhamma, how do we see? There need to be some clarity, clarity of vision, clarity of understanding. So there, there is something to, to do.
when the Buddha talks about uh, practice, he speaks about things that are quite understandable to us, using the words that are commonly used, just like we, when we talk about something which is familiar to us, they say, oat porridge. We all know what oat porridge is. We have that experience. So, using the thoughts and uh, uh, concepts that are familiar to us to point at uh, something which is not. So the, the views, he's talking about the view, the right view, view of uh, like how do we see the world, how do we understand reality, what we believe. We live in times when uh, you can say there is no God. There are still people who believe, but uh, in God as a kind of a creator, but generally our society doesn't believe God in God. We believe generally that uh, life happened by chance, by accident. Or for a lot of the time we just don't even think about how life happened, how it originated, how it appeared to be, how this came to be. But uh, the Buddha is not uh, pointing at uh, life just, uh, or the world, just for the sake of it. Just so that uh, we have some kind of uh, view about it. The reason is uh, there is uh, stress, there is uh, suffering, there is uh, burden on our hearts. We live carrying burden and uh, what he is pointing at is uh, being without burden, being free from burden, being free from stress and uh, pain. 
एक वी मई नॉट थिंक अबाउट लाइफ इन दिस टर्म्स वी जस्ट गो अबाउट आवर डेली रूटीन्स एंड एक्सपीरियंसिस एंड वन वी फाइंड आवर लाइफ डिफिकल्ट हो दैन वी फाइंड सम कैन ऑफ डिस्ट्रक्शन समथिंग टू डू समथिंग टू एक्सपीरियंस समथिंग प्लेजेंट टू ग्लोस ओवर the stress and the burden and uh, we need more and more of that over time whether it's uh, some kind of a dose of chemicals some kind of sugar or alcohol or drug or whatever dopamines and uh, gradually getting more sort of resistance to this when it doesn't uh, doesn't really work and uh, finding ourselves being increasingly unhappy and uh, depressed stressed out confused unhappy and this way this way we need to look at this way we need to to see the unhappiness the the stress where it originates and where it ends so the view the view about uh, our existence about life and what is the view that leads to putting down the of the burden putting being free from stress being free from confusion the view is that uh, things come to be because of conditions if there is this then there is that when uh, this changes then uh, that changes as well so dependency which gives us uh, opportunity to actually do something if the road was uh, just uh, an accident 
if it all just happened by chance, then we are helpless victims of it, of life. There is nothing we can do about it. There is no spiritual life possible. If it was predetermined, it's also not possible. Some people believe that. Some people think that everything is predetermined and uh, we just uh, leave out a scenario which was written for us. So are these views in line with reality? This is something for us to to explore, to think about. Those are views, something people believe in. And uh, we act on our beliefs. What we do is dependent on what we believe in. If we believe something to be good for us, we do it. Even uh, even though over time it may show that it's not. We may think that uh, telling lies and uh, stealing and whatnot can be advantages, can be beneficial for us, gives us uh, that extra opportunity to to have something what we want. without any consequences. So if you believe that, if you believe it, that we can do what we want, as long as nobody sees, then we are all right. What does this belief lead to? What kind of behavior? What kind of state of mind? What kind of future? Future existence? if we live like that. So the Buddha's teaching is for reflection, for contemplation, to, to look around at uh, one's own experience, and look at other people, and uh, see the the dependency, the dependency between our actions and our state of being, state of mind, state of the heart, the way we are, the way we feel. Happiness is not uh, something that is 
It's not like a clothing that you can put on. Happiness is a state of the heart. And uh, clothing can be comfortable and uh, expensive and beautiful and whatnot. But uh, happiness is not dependent on what you have, what you don't have. It's the lack of burden on the heart. That's what happiness is, the ease, the lightness, the freedom. So the, the view that leads to that is uh, the view that uh, our actions count. That uh, being a, a good person counts. Our intentions come from what we believe and uh, what are the intentions that uh, come from the right way of looking at life. The intention of non-ill will, intention of non-cruelty, intention of not uh, harming oneself or others, intention of renunciation, not uh, desiring to accumulate things and holding on to things, not intending to search for sensual excitements and things like that. Seeing danger in possessing. Possessing means holding on to, accumulating, gathering. So renunciation becomes a intention to, to be free as much as we can. So he, he points at uh, causes of uh, stress, causes of uh, suffering as a craving. Craving for sense pleasures, craving for being, craving for 
as they say, non-being, as I understand, as a kind of resentment, rejection. Rejection of what we don't like. Not willing to accept it and let it be. When we practice, we may get an idea that uh, I'm not going to have any cravings, yeah, because craving is bad, so I leads to suffering, so I don't want to have any. And then we see that it's not actually possible. It's not possible to to be the person we would like to be. Just at will, just like that. Having thoughts that we would like to have. So when we see the reality of uh, life, reality of our being, we can see that it's actually quite uh, conditioned, habitual. organism. And even when we have all the best intentions to to change it, to make it the way we want it to be or we think which is right, we see that it actually doesn't uh, doesn't listen. So what's the lesson in here? The lesson is that it's, uh, well, at, at, at first it has its own momentum. And uh, if we want to change habits, we really have to be diligent and patient with that. And uh, second, we, we see that it has its own life. It doesn't really listen. when we accept that 
then we can be at ease with that. We can not suffer about our body, our mind being in a certain way, about having habits, having desires. instincts. It can be difficult to see and confusing we can confuse intentions and uh, desires, having intention to be a peaceful person, not harming anyone, and then experiencing anger, frustration, sometimes uh, wishing to cause harm to someone, being indignant, being sometimes feeling threatened, we may want to harm somebody, have thoughts of uh, cruelty. And then uh, we can think, oh, I'm a bad person. We can start owning that, being confused and mistaking this as a like I'm being wrong or I'm being bad. Similar with the uh, uh, craving, sense craving, being a, being a human with instincts, with the, with the life force, with its own kind of a conditioning to crave. We may have intention to be peaceful, but uh, the thoughts and uh, instincts kick in. It's uh, interesting to see, especially for the beginners, we may feel inspired and uh, try being celibate for some time and it seems like it's, uh, there is no problem. But as, as you live longer, in, as, a, as a monk or a nun, It may not be as easy as in the beginning, and uh, people start having doubts and uh, am I doing the right thing and this sort of stuff. Not uh, 
not seeing it as a natural starting kind of owning it like uh, taking it as this is uh, uh, I've been practicing for so long and I still have lustful thoughts and that kind of stuff getting angry So the knowing the difference between intention and uh, excitement, sort of uh, instinctual this desires to for pleasures that uh, we we all have and manifest in some way or another, desire to be in. Uh, desire for status, desire to have uh, influence, take positions in a community. Being more senior, you have more choices. You want to do this or that, or go someplace where you can do your own thing. Sometimes not seeing that uh, you may be just uh, kind of uh, growing your little kind of uh, don't want to say ego, but uh, that's what comes to mind. So the intention of renunciation is uh, what what comes from the from the Dhamma. Intention of non ill will, non cruelty. We like to talk about uh, unconditional love, about matter, about... Uh, it's kind of uh, easy to talk about and uh, people like that. We like to be like that. We like to be loving and it's nice. It uh, rewards with a kind of a happiness and... Uh, uh, is that uh, the way we live but it's actually more uh, fundamental it's deeper than just being a nice person and it's more difficult to to practice 
than being polite and friendly and thoughtful. Because unconditional love is always about not attachment. Love as we know it is uh, always about attachment. And unconditional love is completely without attachment. So we practice non-attachment in order to to experience unconditional love. When we talk about not-attachment, then uh, the response usually of the heart is that, oh, you're just being cold-hearted, you're being indifferent. That's not love. Because we are coming from the what is familiar to us. So when I when I speak when I talk about the words, the words that we use, using words that are familiar to us, to point at something which is not, is difficult, isn't it? It's uh, very open for misinterpretation. So even as simple as the word as unconditional love, we tend to confuse for kind of a parent spoiling the child, giving them whatever they ask for. The Dhamma is visible here and now. It's uh, not easy to see, but it is here and now. And uh, it's not an object. Our desires are objects, something we can observe, something we can watch. Our views. We can know them, our intentions, we know our intentions. And uh, eventually we must know the, the Dhamma.
as uh, peace, as uh, ease of heart, as uh, burden put down. Not as an object, not uh, something we can describe. Our usual thinking is uh, like uh, there is some kind of a goal, something that we want to experience, somewhere where we want to get to. Just like I said earlier, we imagine ourselves, that's how I want to be. and. Um, Maybe the kind of the lowest level is uh, I want to be uh, secure and happy and well-fed and uh, popular and uh, whatever. Have no lack in anything that I may want. That's how I want to be. Forever young, attractive and uh, powerful. And then we try to do something to get to that goal. In, uh, in the way that we imagine that will bring us. Yeah, so we, we kind of uh, think about the path, how to get there. We do the one, two, three, and uh, eventually I will be there. So when we come to this uh, to Dhamma, to practice Dhamma, to we hear about uh, happiness, highest happiness. We hear about uh, this freedom that uh, seems attractive. So we think, oh, he's, uh, he looks quite happy. That's how I want to be. And so we may start imagining, to get there, I need to do this and this and that. I need to be a good person. I need to be disciplined. I need to meditate a lot. So we make a plan and we kind of try to work ourselves towards that that go. As if uh, Dhamma is some kind of uh, object out there, or we try to put ourselves into that image that we have created. 
all that has to has to be put down. I'm not saying that it's it's wrong as a as a start, but it all has to be put down. Sometimes they say the right view is no view. Well, it's also kind of a view, isn't it? There is a... You can say wakefulness, mindfulness, being present. Ajahn Sumedhu likes to use the word conscious, conscious in the present moment. So being conscious in the present moment. That opens the Dhamma as a here and now, not as a some kind of goal in the future. And uh, the, obviously there are obstacles to being, uh, having clarity of vision here and now. Those obstacles are clearly described and uh, needs to be seen through. But uh, again, it's uh, just to come back to to intentions. That's what really uh, counts, and uh, that's where our actions uh, uh, come from. Intention of uh, non-ill will, intention of non-cruelty intention of renunciation. So this really where the practice comes from. You can have a, a list of things to do and uh, things of not to do. We can talk about uh, different systems like in the uh, Ajahn Chah tradition we live like this and in some other places they live like that. We have breakfast, they don't. So there are different ways of being and uh, even talking about uh, uh, Dhamma, different ways. And uh, some people don't use the word Dhamma at all. Yes, I, they're not uh, 
you know, they talk about something else, but those are just words. The words are just words, they're just labels, and uh, they're aimed at a point at some experience. Experience that is uh, uh, in the heart, experienced by the heart. So the Dhamma is known in the heart. It's not a, a concept in the in the mind. It's not a, like a, a set of thoughts that we should uh, uh, have. And if we are aware of Dhamma, then we can recognize wisdom in whatever form. Wherever it comes from. Yeah, just like everything is teaching us, that's that's what it's all about. So having a being conscious in the present and having right intention. Being conscious in the present doesn't mean we don't plan for future, but uh, we know that uh, this, this is only what exists. This is the only real moment. And uh, be uh, comfortable with that, be at ease with that, like accepting it. So the unconditional love, not kind of directed at uh, particular person, but uh, as a state of being. State of mind, state of the heart. Anyway, I've been keeping you for quite some time now, and uh, uh, maybe not all that neat talk, but uh, I hope it was for for the benefit. Maybe.